And lo, it came to pass that Weekly Heroics had its preacher finale recap show. And the Lord looked upon it and said, It is so good. And then the Lord commanded in a thundering voice, Let there be Johnny Cash. Your own personal Jesus. Someone to hear your prayers. Someone who cares. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there of a lady the love of a man how he loved her so dearly he went out of his mind when she left him for someone she left behind Hello and welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to uh, comic book TV. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, and I am joined for the recap for the season finale of Preacher with my regular co-host, Scott 2.0, Mr. Scott McGregor. Amen. Hallelujah, brother. And uh, I am joined by regular contributor to Weekly Heroics for Preacher, along with Third Degree Burn, a John Byrne podcast, uh, Brian Hughes. Thank you and hello. And we also have the lovely spouse of Brian Hughes, Beth Hughes. Hi, everyone. Oh, that was hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not as hot as this season finale, though. No. Whoa. Yeah, that was definitely hot. So, should we kick this thing off with a recap? I believe you had this one tonight. I hope so, Scott. <laughs> no, I messaged you and reminded you because I did it last week. Oh, crap. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> All right, give me okay. a minute. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be, okay. we'll be, right, yeah. We'll be cutting this out. The lobby. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I got a good one here. I got the variety one that does it every week. So. All right, send that in the chat and I'll <laughs> see if I can find it here. <laughs> So to to the recap for episode 10 of Preacher's first season, the finale is called Divine Intervention. Actually, the episode was called uh, Call and Response. It was called Call and Response. Ignore me. <laughs> All right. So as we lead off from last week, uh, the town of Anvil is getting ready for Jesse Custer to bring God to the church. 
and everybody in the town's getting ready. The girls are getting their hair done. There's a there's a sale on Brazilian waxes. Yeah, I just <laughs> noticed that. Of course, that would be something wanna, I would have noticed. Want to look your best for God? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Custer and Cassidy get semi caught on their miles burying expedition, which really isn't seen. Cassidy ends up in the custody of Sheriff Root, and. It uh, it looks like Sheriff Root knows exactly what's going on with Cassidy because he pretty much comes out in Manila folder time, goes through Cassidy's history of um, police involvement over the last hundred years or so. So uh, uh, Cassidy uh, has to suffer through Sheriff Root continually shooting him and feeding him blood as Root is trying to find out exactly what happened to his son. Uh, eventually, after Root gets tired of this, he does let Cassidy go. Um, even though Cassidy says that what happened to Eugene might not have been the best thing for him, or maybe it was. Yeah. Um, so, we also then focus on uh, Tulip looking for Jesse, and we find out that Jesse is actually hanging out with Donnie and uh, the kid. I don't even think they're married, right? It's not his wife, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I believe no, it's his wife. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, Jesse's actually hiding out with Donnie, and uh, Donnie and his wife um, have let him in because Jesse showed Donnie mercy in the uh, bathroom, where he could have commanded Donnie to kill himself, but he didn't. So uh, Tulip tells Jesse that uh, she's got a little, basically a little surprise to show him, and what she has is uh, Carlos in the trunk of her car. Carlos does not look too good. And uh, she asks Jesse, you know, you got to you got to do something for me and she tells she tells Jesse she wants uh, wants Jesse to kill Carlos after all the stuff that that he did to them. And uh Jesse's ready to do this and then Tulip stops him uh saying that it was the thought that counts. Some kind of a swerve. Wasn't quite expecting that. Of course, we get uh, the rest of the story, too. We get a little... We do get the rest of the back. story. We flash back to the heist that Tulip, Carlos, and Jesse were involved in several years ago. And uh, Carlos, um, for no other reason other than pure jealousy of the two of them being happy, uh, lets them both have to deal with the security guard that Carlos kills before peeling off with the little bit of money that they had already stolen. Uh, they had planned a bigger heist, but... When Carlos got itchy, cuts one of the guys loose, takes off, and um, we also find out that Tulip uh, apparently was also pregnant. Um, so I guess that was coming back into play. She wasn't quite lying when she spoke to that state trooper earlier in the season or whoever it was. But can um, you see why she was sour? Why she's what? so sour about, about uh, I- I'm not sure, what was the guy's name in the trunk? Carlos. Carlos. Carlos, yeah. So she she was pretty sour about it, and I can't blame her. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think anybody could. She lost uh, her baby because of him. Exactly. Exactly. Jesse, rightfully so, says that ain't nothing they they can do is going to change that at this point. You know, trying to have a little bit of tunnel vision going on with with what's happening. That's not to say that they don't take out their frustrations on Carlos as they. Uh, we find out after they cut away from him, um, he's staggering pantless with his <laughs> face looking like, um, well. You, you know what that reminded me of? The the, the, the melted guy on RoboCop. <laughs> does, look, does look a little <laughs> I like mean, just the, the way he was walking was like, yeah, he expected a truck to pull up and splatter him. <laughs> yeah. 
so Carlos gets to live, albeit in a, well, for not too long, because we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the crux of what this season's sort of been building up to uh, comes to pass. Um, we now focus on the church, and it's packed. Everybody is there ready for God to appear. And as we know, Jesse has the uh, angel's phone, and he has the severed hand from one of the several angel bodies that Cassidy disposed of. And uh, everything is uh, looking like it's going to go according to plan, and then nothing. Um, I got to love the old uh, modem sounds on it, too. Oh, I know. The old AOL (laughs) friggin', you know, I'm sure you appreciated that as a tech guy, Brian. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I went back in time. Heaven's got Wi-Fi, man. (laughs) It's got good Wi-Fi, just, you know, fax tone, whatever. Uh, So after initially thinking that, this God phone isn't going to work. All of a sudden, the lights go pitch black inside the church. There's no light coming in from the outside. And all of a sudden, we see a visage of a old, straggly, white-haired man uh, sitting on a throne, proclaiming that he is God, and he is uh, asking Jesse why he called him. And this is where Jesse launches into saying that he, himself and the other people here have had questions and uh, even Odin Quincannon, who up to this point has been kind of a miserable turd, even asks about his uh, little Lucy Lou, uh, his daughter, and whether or not she was in heaven. And uh, God, quote-unquote, answers that she was. Um, something slightly amiss uh, as you watch this, though. Um, this is a kind of a God that's, uh, well, he picks his nose at one point. <laughs> yeah. um, there's no other way to say it. Uh, this is um, this is when asking what uh, Jesse Jesse asks God what his plan is, and God answers tend to tend to my flock, and that everybody in the church was saved, and uh, even uh, Jesse asks even Eugene, and uh, he says of course, and Jesse can't really let this go any longer. Uh, he says, well, how can he be safe? I sent him to hell. Um, at this point. Uh, you know, Root the whole time is Sheriff Root's up in the balcony. He could easily stop Jesse, go down and arrest him. So he, at this point, Sheriff Root's getting a little bit of an idea of what's going on between the vampires and the fact that uh, somebody claiming to be God is talking to them. Still, he doesn't do anything. Um, it, with the notice of the nose picking, Jesse calls out the imposter God. Um, and long story short <laughs> here... Uh, Jesse has to use the word on the imposter God, and he basically says, where's God? And uh, we find out that nobody knows. God has left the throne, and um, because Jesse has used the word on whoever this imposter is on the throne, we see some uh, figures shown from the back carrying the imposter God off the throne, saying, well, he, t- he commanded me. I didn't have a choice. So now the jig is uh, well and truly up uh, for the Heavenly Father. Now not only does Jesse know what's going on, uh, pretty much everybody else in the town of Anvil knows what's going on. And not having gotten the answer that Jesse wanted, Jesse, Cassidy, and Tulip leave the church because Tulip said no matter what happens, she wanted to get french fries. So they go off and get french fries. While they're thankfully away at the diner eating french fries, discussing what's now going to happen, the uh, <laughs> Chekhov's uh, gas release valve finally does come into play. 
um, with the guy who's been manning the pressure release valve button all season. Getting a little bit more backstory this episode, we find out that he's kind of in a sexually unhappy relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, having seen that God has denounced the throne, he has brought himself a, um, well, a prostitute into the gas relief <laughs> release chamber with him. And uh, he's clearly either dead, uh, which I would assume so because he's not moving, with a smile on his face while uh, a hooker frantically tries to vent the gas from the... Um, I don't know if it's met turds or yeah, what methane. Going methane down there. Gas, it's yeah. a methane. Re- yeah, yeah, it's a methane powered lab. So I assume that's all the uh, the feces from all of the livestock. She is unable to vent the gas, and because of this, the methane starts to fill the town of Anvil, and um, well, ba boom, uh, the town does go up. The, the like, ball gag was a nice. Uh, nice <laughs> oh yeah, they muffled. Oh no, uh, was pretty good. So, anybody that was in Anvil, anywhere that that gas was vented, is gone. The church is smithereens. Everything's gone at this point. Um, And like I said, thankfully, our trio was away. And we find out that what they've been talking about was, now that they know that God is missing from his throne in heaven, uh, Jesse swears that he's going to find God, and uh, he's going to, you know, make him answer for what's happened. And if he won't, then they're going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> finally, what I've been waiting for to happen in the show, the crux of Jesse's journey, is finally starting to come into play. The episode uh, ends shortly after the three of them go off on their road trip, which Cassidy assumes is going to be filled with sex and drugs and, and I mean, their bikinis, yeah. And bikinis. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a, some of that, as Jesse says. <laughs> uh, but we see the blonde seraphim that... Uh, Sheriff Root strangled the uh, previous body of in the uh, bathtub uh, a few episodes ago, staggering through the wasteland of what once was Anvil. Um, She makes it about three steps in the dust cloud when all of a sudden she gets a shot, a hole just shot right through her midsection. As she tumbles over, we see the cragged and rugged, amazing-looking saint of killers standing behind her, as he utters the word preacher, and that's the end of the episode. Now, now we gotta jump in and talk about the, the little montage we got post false god. I, and I have to admit, hero, I, I predicted a couple times that maybe God would actually show up, you know, at the end. And you were like, "No, they'll never do that." Never I was, that. I was honestly, I was a little bit bull. I was like, "Oh God, they're really it's gonna yeah. be God right now." Well, and me, then, me too. And I'm like, "Shit!" I'm, I mean, I was actually pissed that I might have been right. <laughs> and then, of course, it's, yeah, the, the false god. And I'm like, well, of course they did that, yeah. And I was very thankful because as soon as they did that, I knew, kind of figured out where the episode was going to go. And I was like, well, it took ten episodes to get here, but this is what I've been waiting for. But we, we got a nice wrap-up of, of most of the town's stories after the post-god thing. And we, well, they, yeah, everyone starts ripping apart the church. You know, I really love that they did that because if anyone follows Supernatural, God is also missing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. so, you know, I thought that was pretty great. Which I, I got to think Supernatural actually probably borrowed that from Preacher originally when, you know. Well, you know, it <laughs> made me it made me think of Dogma. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, God being beaten up and left in the hospital in a coma. Yeah. So it would be funny if Bud Court were to show up on the next season <laughs> of Preacher. Bud Court should show up in everything. I thought it was funny because they're going on they're going on a trip to go find God if they ran into Sam and Dean. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Too bad I, it's or, not the same network. Or Jules and Vincent. <laughs> It'd be funny if they ran into Jules and Vincent, too. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that, that whole scene with, with Carlos, it made me think of, of Pulp Fiction or just a Tarantino style. Anytime you open a trunk now. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But they should do it in England just so that way they can, you know, throw in the... Uh, is it La Quarter Pounder or is it La Big Mac? Yeah. La Big Mac. <laughs> I don't know what the hell a Quarter Pounder is. There was a Quarter Pounder of a Beat Baby that uh, Otis opened Cannon. Yeah, I did. Uh, I went pretty exactly. high level. There's, um... yeah. Now, yeah, now well, you... what, what happens? I mean, what happens to a community, especially a supposedly religious community, when you find out that? Your almighty deity is um, not on the job. Not showing up. Yeah. Well, you murder and you you put your child out of misery. We get to see well, uh, Mrs. Loach suffer yourself. Yeah, yeah, and the the two mascots uh, ended up hanging themselves. So there. That was that was oddly affecting. I was really I it was went really dark by after that. that, and I think effectively so. Yeah, and you know the internet speculation now is that they were you know secret lovers and torn apart by their their mascot differences or whatever. I will say this, though, that while, while the Savage had the one teardrop coming out of his eye, all I could think was of uh, the Native American looking oh, at yeah. his land being just, I was like, eh, that must have been intentional. Oh, but. totally, yeah. Oh, for sure it was and intentional. I did not think of that. That's hilarious. And we got Tracy's mom smothering her, and, and Emily explaining to the kids, you know, how we don't need God, we never needed God, and... Um, what else was there? Well, we had... Don't you love the fact that the kid was sitting there going, Selfie! Oh, my God. That <laughs> yeah. was... Well, you know what? That's a Garth Ennis touch right there. That's, just, that's dark and weird. And honestly, if, if I think if Garth Ennis had written this, the original comics this way, he probably would have put something like that in there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I was looking on IMDb and came across a note that, that had me wondering. Now, I never watched Breaking Bad, really. I've seen the first couple episodes. Yeah. But they're saying in here there's a reference to Breaking Bad in the last episode. The pickup point for the Angels yeah. is the same pickup point for the characters in Breaking Bad. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah, it's because the, the showrunner basically used to be a big writer-director on Breaking Bad. So Okay. Yeah. So we're going to see probably you know, all kinds of stuff thrown in there for, for us BB fans. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay. So that. when <laughs> they were referring to last episode, it wasn't the last episode, but the one before last, really. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I guess that's just how they entered it in there. Okay. Now, with here's the other question. Okay, so Eugene's double, or or the the whatever it was, the demon that came back in Eugene's body. No, I'm thinking uh, that's a spirit. That's, that's just a vision. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's his, his conscious weighing on him. Yeah, yeah okay. his ghost, his vision. You know, that's that's how I'm seeing it. His spirit. Okay, okay, that's yeah. a lot better than any other option because any other option, it's dead or gone. Yeah, we better see more of Eugene because that he's like literally probably one of my favorite actors on this show. Is that kid? Yeah, just anytime he's, and I don't know if you guys watched Talking um, Preacher after this, but they had. The actor that plays Eugene on it, and uh, it's pretty alarming to see him not in his makeup, obviously, and have a full mouth and everything. His mouth looks exactly. Huge. His mouth looks <laughs> like, like a, a pocket arsehole. <laughs> yeah. 
his mouth looks like it covers his whole head now when he's out of makeup. And of course, uh, he does have to drink smoothies through a straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> if they if they hew close to the source material, there's a lot more with Eugene. Um, they just kind of moved some of it around um, and got him why, off the table a little earlier. But why in the hell can't they, he just call him back out of hell? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess because he tried and failed, but I mean, maybe but you have to. But he didn't try. No, at least he, not on camera, yeah, not on the screen. Well, a yeah, couple no, a couple episodes did. ago, I mean, he was, remember when he like dragged him up through the floor, floorboards, but it was still just the fake Eugene? It, yeah, but that's my point. He never gave it that you know that uh, voice that he did when he sent him down to hell. Yeah, yeah. Eugene, come back. You know. Y- yeah, you know. Maybe um, maybe yeah. the ears actually have to be there to. I mean, we haven't really established the the limits of Jesse's powers yet. So far, it's just worked out. You have to be in close he, proximity. Yeah, he can actually talk to. We don't know if he can actually like command stuff to happen like God, but I'm, I suspect we'll get more of that. Um, well, yeah, I guess he, does, if he, he doesn't could have do the power that, of God. Well, I guess if he could do that, then he could find God, make God appear wherever he's at. Well, I'm hoping in the comics he goes on a little vision quest and you know takes some some uh, Mexican Indian drugs and all that good stuff to to learn Ooh. more about Genesis. So that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, definitely. Well, Fior is still floating around out there, so uh, I'm sure they'll end up bringing him back into play. It'll probably be slightly different than in the uh, the comics. Well, he may just quit at this point and decide, you know, to go be a man and, and you know, human and and do his debauchery like he does in the comics. That's and true. That, that, that was something Beth and I were talking about. Now, we didn't, we weren't around for last week's show, but since DeBlanc was killed in hell, he's gone? Uh, well, he, it's not so much that he was killed in hell, it's who he was killed by. Yeah, if, the, if, the, okay. if it goes with the mythology of the comics yeah the the saint killers no matter who you know he shoots is that's it yeah it's his guns are are such that they they're like it's like the winchester in, in supernatural it can kill anybody including the devil or god or you know yeah he never yeah. needs to reload and he never misses yeah okay i gotcha i was wondering about that it so that's certain. When I first saw Supernatural, I mean, that was like, well, that's Preacher. That's totally Preacher, the gun, and, you know. Yeah. So, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, I, I think that was definitely a homage to Preacher from from the uh, makers of Supernatural, which I'm okay with. Well, that makes total sense, then. Yeah. So I wasn't off the mark on that. Nope. Yeah, because there's, there's still more to be revealed about uh, the... The uh, the cowboy there. Um, well, then all I got to say about that is sweet. <laughs> oh yeah, he's uh, if, if, if like if they hew close to his source material, it's um, it's very very cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> really, him going back and killing the town is really just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, what happens after is far more important. I, mean, no. I really I really want to read it. But I, I'm, I'm going to make myself hold off until you know next couple seasons are over. Actually, with with how this season ended up, I think you'd be okay. Um, you could probably read the first the first uh, trade paperback, and well, yeah, no, because there's stuff with Cheryl. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. don't want. Yeah, I don't want it to get ruined, and you know, because this is this show's been one of those great surprises. Yeah. 
because yeah, you if, never if, know what's going to happen next. You're just sitting there and like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And, you know, we had that kind of Seinfeld moment when we're watching it when uh, when they were talking to God. And I'm like, did he just. And she's like, he picked his nose. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like that when Elaine lied. And he goes, did you see that? Yeah, she touched her face. You know, it was, it was just that, you know, it's like you, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And that makes it so wonderful. And I'm afraid if I were to read it, again, you guys read it and still you're enjoying it as a whole lot. So it's, it's like I'm going back and forth on it. But I think... I will hold yeah, on. I, yeah, we spoiled a lot on this podcast too about the comics, and, and we should probably. I tried not to spoil too much. If you're uh, enjoying I'm an it asshole, that much, and I do these bad things all the time, and it's yeah. in my nature. So God forgive if, me. But. If you're enjoying the twists that it has that much, then yeah, hold on, because um, you you, yeah. you probably will spoil a lot of it. Because uh, my favorite stuff is yet to come, and they've already kind of alluded to it with some of the flashbacks. Uh, so I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want you to be deprived of that joy of um, the stuff specifically with Jesse's backstory that um, will really make you on board with him as a as an anti-hero. So there's a lot of stuff. I totally appreciate that. The Grail and her, and uh, even I think Seth Rogen said in Talking Preacher that her star is going to be front and center probably in season two. So that's that's going to be a wild ride, and, and there's some really interesting mythology going on in, in all that if they keep to it. So, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of protest groups. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know and if I'll go. I'm a red blooded yeah. Catholic, and I and I preach is one of my favorite stories. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you everything you need to know. It's like, well. Yeah, I, I worry about. It. That's why I tried to beg uh, Uncle Alan and not Uncle Alan, Alan Middleton to to be on this because I know he does like a religiously themed show with his daughter and I really wanted his kind of thoughts on this and uh, just religious shows like this you know in general and I, I always like the subversive you know sacrilegious takes on these things and that's there's nothing it's... more sacrilegious than no. <laughs> nope well you know I think it's one of those things where if you talk to someone that is is heavy into you know the dogmatic law and all that they look at something like this as almost cathartic. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're going to just laugh at it. They're not going to sit there and take it so seriously. Those that take it seriously, I mean, they seriously need to unclench anyway. I think it's a safe ex- – <laughs> I think it's a safe – it's a nice, safe, and fun exploration of your faith, I think. And, you know, I, I think well, – like dogma, like uh, Kevin Smith t- took so much shit from, for dogma. I mean, he was getting death threats and everything, and he, he'll still maintain it was – you know, the best marketing strategy he could have come up with is getting death threats. But, um, you know, it's the kind of thing he's, you know, he's a, he's a Catholic from birth, basically, and he's actually a very devout Catholic. And he, Dogma is actually kind of a love letter to his faith, but obviously the people that didn't see it and just heard that they're, oh, there's a shit monster in there and there's some blasphemy going on, that they freaked out about it. But um, That's my thing with anything that's a religious-based story. Um, you're not going to write one of those stories unless it's, a belief system or a culture that you've grown up in. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's one of those things that in order to write something like that, you have already have had to have that in your background. So that's why I mean, when Dogma came out, I was first in line to go see it. I, you know. Plus, we all we, we all you know, any of us that have been Christians all know how the story ends. So you got to deviate a little bit to keep it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Oh man. Now, uh, Hero, did you read a lot of Iron Man back in the days? 
Uh, no, not really. Uh, where you go with this? I'll see if I can answer. Well, when they do the flashbacks uh, of Tulip and Jesse and Carlos, the hairstyle that they got Jesse with looks like late '80s Bob Layton, Tony Stark. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is and a little. It, it, is, it is a little bit bushier. Yeah. And it just kills me every time I see it. Just to close and every, it's like they went too far back in time on that because this really shouldn't have been more than four or five years before, right? Or maybe yeah. even up to ten years before. Yeah, it's not too far back because it was after this happened that Jesse gives up and decides, all right, now I'm going to be a preacher like my dad wanted me to be. Yeah, but that so was like really... straight '80s mullet, you know, yeah. with the, the whole fro mullet kind of thing. Jerry. Well, he is a Texan. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> <laughs> if I could grow that hair out, I would too. It just ain't happening now. <laughs> no, not yeah, over here yeah. either. By the way, uh, babe, how many colors is your hair right now? Uh, three. <laughs> three. Uh-huh. And there's a little bit of purple in there. There's red, purple, blue. Awesome. So you're delirium now. I'm, I'm rereading Sandman right now, too. So it's, uh, <laughs> brilliance. Oh, it looks so good. <laughs> Speaking like, of which, like kind of a tangent here, but I saw that there's a uh, Justice League Dark animated movie coming out. Yeah, that's looking good. And, and Constantine and uh, Matt Ryan, who did Constantine, yeah. is doing the voice of Constantine. Very, very psyched about that. Yep. So am I. Yep. Um, Hero, I got to ask you, and, and you know this won't be given. So, be spoiling the comics a little bit, I guess. So maybe you want to plug your ears. But were you satisfied with the meat baby? <laughs> I. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, well, you know what. Uh, the fact that they even alluded to him having the uh, the meat fetish, so to speak, yeah, uh, that satiated me enough um, in terms of how wacky that character gets. Um, I don't think I'm spoiling anything now since he's dead. Uh, I don't think there was ever a chance in hell that they would have put a wild party where Odin Quincannon had all of his rich friends into his uh, mansion to bugger small livestock. Yeah. So um, – I think we're okay there. <laughs> yeah, and they, they never really set him up as being, you know, the supreme pervert about it. And I, I like how they did his... I actually kind of like this version of it a little bit more. I know it's a little bit more grounded, but it's still uh, it's still disturbing. Well, he was uh, more of a sympathetic character, and so was Root, and I think that, that served the story a lot. I think it made you care more about the... Yeah, I thought the the guy who played Root did just a fantastic job in this episode, man. He just Yeah, he's like I've said, he's <laughs> very different from the comic book version, but I almost kinda like the T V version a little bit better. Yeah, you know, just... from my perspective of not reading the comic book and when he's holding uh what he's holding and then there's a coat on top of it, I just don't know what to think. I thought he and dug up her body. When they roll, I did too. Yeah. And when they roll the camera around and it's a meat kid, I'm like, no effing way. Are you really shitting me right now? Oh, this yeah. Guy well, is so messed up in the head. What could, the hell? It could have been so much worse. Back, so. It could have been. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that. That was pretty bad already. I was like, what? <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. I am so messed up like that. <laughs> oh, then you're going to love the rest of the show. <laughs> it, I know I will. Yeah, I it know. It goes so weird places. Oh, my gosh. And then seeing uh, seeing the vampire just get, he looks so messed up before he got a chance to eat a bunch of people and dogs. And oh, yeah. That's that was so great. I was like, you know, I haven't seen anyone ever show 
a vamp like that when they haven't eaten, when yeah. they get so famished. That's the, uh, that I mean, and, and that is something that actually does come up in the comics. They, uh, Cassidy is, uh, he's, he's straight out about telling people, he's like, we're not like, it's not like Anne Rice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, forget Tom Cruise. I still think the best scene was him in the pit with his guts everywhere and him eating the cow to <laughs> himself. But. That's what you do when you're in Texas, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd fit right in. <laughs> like, give me that whole cow. <laughs> Can I get that 72-ounce sirloin? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love my meat. Carol, you ever come to town, we'll take you to that place and see you try to do that. I, I, I've been dying to see someone do that up close. You only it's weigh different. like 85 ounces yourself, man. How are you going to manage that? <laughs> promise to record it. Oh, that's what? The 72-ounce steak, the baked potato, the salad, and something else, and the roll? Steak that oh, big yeah. is like, that would, that would go from, like, from your toes to your waist. You can't even it, consume that much. Isn't I, I, it something, if you eat it all, you get it for free? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, can definitely get some steak. Then one for you, too, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, I'll, I'll go out with my friends and I'll be the guy who gets the king cut prime rib and around here the biggest you can get it is like 30 ounces and I'll put it down in like five minutes and I'm like where did it go I'm like I ate it didn't you see me eat it it's gone send it out me bloody I don't want to don't overcook it hollow leg yep. or yeah that or well, a colostomy a colostomy bag with a heavy filter oh jeez no 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 that's I would like to avoid that <laughs> uh what yeah, what else happened in this episode? Oh, yeah, I think we already mentioned it. Tracy Loach getting smothered. The mascots getting get, killing themselves to get. Oh God, that's still that's gonna stay with me. That yeah, that went, was harsh, man. It went way dark. I mean, it's a kind of a dark show. Well, it's a, it's a weird balance. I mean, they've got the laughs in there, but man, it went way dark after the whole God thing. Um, I mean, what know? else would you do if you got God ain't around? I'm yeah. gonna live it up. Well, see, I wasn't sure. I, I thought that was almost a little disingenuous because I mean, it was actually proof that there is God, but he's um, gone. Yeah, so if there's nobody to answer to. Yeah. Now, but hold on. You know, the the thing was when they were back in the church and they actually thought they were talking to God. Why did they ask the stupid questions? You know, what's because the plan? Are stupid. What's this? What's that? Yeah, Why not ask? Stuff who, happening who, to people. Yeah. Who's going to win the next World Series? What's, <laughs> what's, what's tomorrow's lottery numbers? You know, ask uh, that one guy questions. asked the right question though. Can I get my dick put back up? Yeah. Well, I like guess that would have been my first question, too. Yeah, he was still priority. carrying it, which was the best part. I thought I read in one review, but I, I couldn't hear it. Even watching it the second time, I couldn't catch it myself that somebody yells out, what are you going to do about President Trump or something like that? So, I, think they had a I didn't more catch that. Temporary reference in there, too. And what did you do with the dinosaurs? I thought was a valid one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having the exact reason why. Was it a volcano? Was it a meteor? I would. I would like to know that one too. Is it a methane explosion? Probably a methane explosion. I'm thinking. No, it'd probably say something like, "Actually, I just put all the bones there to mess with y'all." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fundamentalists would be loving that. You know, you know who I thought was playing false god at first. I thought it was the actor that played. I know he was on like, I think he was on Smallville, but he played uh, like. I don't know. He's played a bunch of shit. He played uh, the Donald Trump type guy in Gremlins Two. He played uh, oh yeah, Prince Ivy's uh, man servant there, and you know the other scientist and John Glover. And, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I look like him there for a it second in the makeup, and I thought that would have been a great part for him. If, if he made that. me think of uh, what's his name on Star Trek in the Gas Passers. 
uh, the, the cloud minders. Um, and he was also in uh, Babylon five, but, um, uh, I just didn't get a really good look at him. He actually looked like the God in Star He's... Trek five. <laughs> what does God need with a Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I just, I just found up a weird fact. The guy that played God mm-hmm. in that episode was in Jurassic Park three. And he was the guy in the parachute with the little kid that died in the tree. What? <laughs> what? In Jurassic Park 3 at the very I, beginning. I know. I love Jurassic yeah. Park 3, but that guy's only like 40 years old. Uh, he Take was up. born. No, he's 65. Oh, wow. Okay. Now okay. he's 65. Remember Jurassic Park 3 was out in 2001, which is, you know. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God, aren't you old? <laughs> I know. What the hell, man? Oh, time's just accelerating or something. We're. We're in the we're in the wrong Berenstein Bears universe, I think. Uh, Google it. Uh, all right, now I got, I got some nitpicks. Um, I actually wasn't a huge fan of the season as a whole. Uh, uh, go ahead, I'm Beth. Sorry, uh, I have a quick question. Um, what is the? Uh, I keep looking for her name and I can't find it. Uh, but. Uh, the one that had the the guy who's so crazy about her, and uh, she turned him. She gave him the Cassidy child. Cass- yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That name? was Miles, the the mayor. Yeah, I think it's Lucy Griffiths. Uh, let me check that out real quick. Oh, yeah. I keep looking for her name and I can't Emily. find her. But isn't that em- Emily? Yeah. Is it Emily? Because and that is um, Lucy Griffiths. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Emily. I I I want to know what you thought of her doing that because she's so unlike her character. That's uh, why it was great. You know? yeah. She really didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had, I think she had just come to the realization that they're like, oh my God, this is life. This is my life. And this is the guy I've chosen to shack up with because he's like the only guy around. And But she'd uh, also do anything for Jesse and she knew Cassidy was Jesse's buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was wondering why in the hell she would do that. She just didn't seem like the type, and then all of a sudden, there, oh, there that, it is. That's where I've seen her before. She was in True Blood quite a bit. She played Nora Gainsborough in uh, in True Blood. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember her character. Now, was she the one in True Blood that was in the? Uh, uh, I guess that the sanctuary for for. Oh yeah, that's her. Wow. Yeah, I got a picture of her in, uh, in Vampire Eric, and she was like his, she's make, like maybe one of his children, I think. Not children, children, obviously. But Oh, oh my God, no way, that's her? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, she looks a lot, she's in a lot sexier garb in, in True Blood. Oh, yeah, for sure. she was in this. And we probably got Damn, to see her. Damn, I did I, not know that. No. <laughs> But as I was saying, I overall, I mean, I think you could have done this season in, in five episodes. Not that I, I do, I do too. Not that I'm sorry that we had ten, but and it just seemed like I'm hoping they tighten up. It, it's going to be a lot more linear story at this point, and I think that's going to yeah. serve it well. And I just don't think it was really well edited at all this this season. I just don't think they knew where to put a lot of scenes, and it was just kind of a jumble. And you know, we we've got to do this character development for everybody, but we don't really know where to put it, you know, or in what order or, you know, what episode. And so it just kind of seems like they threw things up in the air 
and and let them fall into particular episodes occasionally, and it just didn't fit or it just didn't flow very well. Um, it had some great moments. I mean, uh, the the fight in the hotel and you know the first episode, yes, all all around I thought was excellent. Um, but it dragged, and and I think. I think everyone's going to be happy that, that we're on the road. Um, I get why they wanted to do the whole let's get to know the town of Anvil thing. Um, but I don't know. I just uh, There's something to be said for maybe they should have just started out where the comic did or maybe just a little exposition and, and then hit the road. But, but they must have known early on. I mean, I, I felt like even this episode was kind of written. It was probably written originally to be the finale, that they didn't know if they were going to get a second season or not. Yeah. So, I mean, they probably were going to almost end it with, uh, you know, Jesse and them deciding to get on the road or maybe having the, 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 the saint come in earlier. And so it just felt a little like there were some last-minute changes. I don't know if anyone else felt that, but that once they found out, the season in general, once they found out they had a second season, they're like, all right, we can kind of shuffle things and punt things down the road a little bit. That they had I already think, kind of set up and maybe should have resolved better. I don't know. I think that's, your, that's, that's more a product of you knowing the story. Yeah, yeah. That is doing that. And now, the thing is, there was a lot of times during this whole season where we were just kind of like, okay, what the hell? And why are we doing this? And what's going on with that? But yeah, was, you know, once we got once we did get to the finale, you know, it kind of all fit together. Everything made sense. Yes, um, I agree. But See, I, you know, I, 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 I would say I would say this. I'll say this though. I could see a show alone just on Cassidy, or yeah. I could see a show alone just on Tulip. Oh my God, I love Tulip. Yeah. I am so glad that she got off of. Um, uh, Oh, there's another show that Agents she was on, Shield. Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I am so glad she left there because now we're seeing her full potential as an actress, and I just love it. The girl is badass. Yeah, and, and yeah. well, luckily I thought she was spinning her wheels for a good chunk of the season too. They just didn't have anything for her to do. They did a couple episodes of her, you know, or they almost should have had her been badgering. Jesse even more throughout the season because I mean she started out that way and trying to convince him that he's still the bad man of her dreams and uh, you know and then they just kind of let her loose and, and do things around the town for a while and I, just, I don't think it was particularly effective but, but now, yeah, we get, has, now we got a lot more agency in the, uh, in the original source material yeah, but now we've, we're on the road and the party started so yeah but truthfully she's done a lot more in this particular series than she ever did in shield oh yeah so yeah we're seeing a lot more of her and i disagree with you <laughs> i think she's badass no i, think I absolutely she think really she's well. badass too it was just a couple <laughs> couples i said i i knew i i spoiled myself i i had watched like the okay first... we're losing everybody really can't hear me nope hello, hello? i can nope. hear you fine yeah yeah okay good. all right <clears throat> Okay. You guys, you guys had dropped for a second, but I hear you good now. Lovely. We're back. So, we what were you left. saying, Scott? What were you um, saying? What was I saying? Um, You're talking about that night in Madrid with Adam West and Frank Gorshin. Ah, yes. Well, riddle me this, <laughs> Batman. Um, yes, and we, we had a tool similar to the, the double-fisted uh, dildo there that... <laughs> 
Jesse <laughs> Fowler. Anytime you get one of those on network TV, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, I think actually Carlos was was more jealous that you know I think he wanted to be on the other end of that with Jesse. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way I read it. I don't, know. I don't know, not the way he was chatting up the uh, the mail carrier. <laughs> yeah, well, he was horrible at it, so I think he he, he was fronting. Um, that's what happens when you wear a white you suit know, and then you wear loafers with no socks. <laughs> and you know, I was really surprised to find out that the cowboy. Is uh, Graham McTavish the one who yep. plays on Outlander? I didn't recognize him at first, yep. but I really love his character on Outlander, and I, I like him just as much on Preacher. Makes, oh my gosh, I did yeah. not realize that was that guy. <laughs> yes, they did Holy so great with the Saint of Killers, and it they is... they really have. I think this is awesome. And he was Dwalin in the uh, yeah, the yeah. Hobbit movies, yeah. and of course, yes, he was he was the uh, mercenary in Rambo. Okay. Yep. Yep. Man, gotta love those those manly Scottish actors, man. Yep. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> he did well. Pretty great. And, and that was a departure from the comics. The, the, the saint in the comics is a little more fashioned after Clint Eastwood. I mean, I don't think he has even the facial hair, does he? He's got a... <clears throat> no, he doesn't, actually. I don't think he was rocking the beard in the, in the comics, but I like what they did with this, and he, he just looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a very good I think regardless character. of the beard, I think he has to have the beard because of Outlander, but he still looks great even now. And the fact that they call him the cowboy, why not give him a damn beard? Yeah. <laughs> I love men with beards anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what I was saying earlier is I, I watched like the first few episodes of this and was very much enjoying it, and, and I hadn't remembered... I definitely didn't remember as much of the comics as Hero did. And then I made an effort and went back and read the whole damn thing in like a week. And I, I kind of regret that I have now because I can't see it with the eyes that you, you Brian and Beth, um, watched it with. So it's encouraging to hear that you guys had a great time because, as oh, you yes. said, I, my mind is constantly now thinking ahead and, and nitpicking. And I knew I would and I shouldn't have freaking read it again. And... Uh, <laughs> Now if they make Sandman, I'm ruined that for myself again too. Um, but you know, uh, but still, I. Oh, overall, I said it had its clunky parts, but I'm very satisfied and, and definitely up for the ride, and hope it goes you know as many seasons as it can. <laughs> it doesn't need to go too long. They they can now that they are renewed, they can kind of maybe get a little more laser focused on the. Uh, the beats that they need to hit. I don't. I don't want to see it get dragged out too much. Well, one of the, the producers on uh, Talking Preacher said that you know he was joking with Eugene, saying, and it's like, oh, maybe at least get seven years out of it. So that's, I think that still is like the magic syndication number is seven seasons. Yeah. So sounds like they're they're shooting for that at least. Which I'm okay with. You know. Said an yeah. next season could be it's going to be the Saint uh, chasing them down. I'm assuming, and, and then we're going to get. Uh, you know, bits and pieces of of hair star and and hopefully Jesse's family. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking oh, forward man. to. That's some good stuff. I I can't believe I didn't say anything about it in talking preacher and nobody asked. I mean, they had a couple of people ask questions and no one asked about TC and Jody and I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing? I want to know. <laughs> I want to make. I I, I want to. At this point, though, the way that the season ended, uh, it ended on such a high note. Um, I'm sure that they'll nail that that aspect of the story. Yeah. And we are both just like, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, but that's that's good. That's good. And, and me and we're we're gonna attempt not to spoil too much in the next. Yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much about yeah. what's coming. Then Other than that, pissed it's... off Beth, and you know, <laughs> then you'll have the wrath you, for me. You don't want that, no, no, <laughs> no. Or David I'm Walker, man. Uh, props to David Walker for being like the ultimate podcasting fan. Because I was talking to him today, our friend in Belfast. Um, and he's like, I listen to you guys' podcast. I've never read the book. I don't watch the series, but I love your recaps. I'm like, <laughs> You're a sick individual, man. You're just <laughs> wow. But you know, it's like it's like back to the bins, and uh, you know, yeah. anything to anything that Andrew Leyland puts out. Yeah, I will listen to it regardless of whether I've got a stake in it or not. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no consoles for for old men is is one of those things too, because you guys talk you know on that about stuff that I've never played or, or worked with. But it's still the banter, the conversation. It makes it fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, you all sound like friends that we have that we have our normal conversations with. Yep. So uh, that's what that's part of what makes all this so enjoyable. And 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 you know, you you and others have welcomed so many of us into the into the podcasting world uh, with open arms. You know, it's like if you've got a computer, you got a microphone. Hey, get your voice out there. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I'm uh, uh, I'm getting my ass it. kicked out if I don't start <laughs> editing some of the stuff I already have in the can. I know I've already got my co-host Brian here pissed at me about the last no consoles. And I'm not I'm not angry or anything. I was just wondering where you know when it was going to be. I know where I know is they it? Don't, they don't drop that that quickly. Um, well, you know, Tim Elliott and I have have not had a new episode of Third Degree Burn in over a month now, and that's the longest we've gone without one. Yeah, or I feel and, better. I've been. And, it, well, it's just, you know, it's like I, I had vacation, he had vacation, and then, you know, it's like everything. He, he went to New York to meet with the, the other guys out there, yeah. so they had all that going on. It was just, you know, crazy time, and, we're, we, you know, we'll be having another show pretty soon. We should actually have a uh, a Star Trek Beyond roundtable also. Oh, excellent. Oh, Love the Star Trek coverage. Awesome. I, I got to finish watching that. I, I am enjoying it, actually. Um, and I'm debating. I was watching it. Bad Scott on the pirate stuff, but uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I watched. I watched the first ten minutes. Uh, yeah, I started enjoying it. So I'm like, like, do I want to spend money on this? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to. I'm probably even going to go see Suicide Squad, even though I'm reading bad things about it. But I am going to see it just because I want to be part of the conversation. Don't believe what you read. Watch it for yourself, and then really make your decision. Yeah, yeah. I've I've understood that the 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 people that that aren't really comics fans. Have a harder time getting it than the the people that have been reading comics. Well, I'm just, uh, just hearing true. there's a lot of the same technical and executive tampering problems that B versus S had, and that's just uh, man, when are they going to learn? When are producers going to learn just to let something be what it is or what it needs to be instead of just like, oh, we need never too much money involved. Oh, fuck that, man! They haven't learned then because they're not making as much money as they I- could be by doing it. I will say they've cut some great trailers for that movie. Yeah, and and the, that the, was the problem. It's like apparently the director's vision didn't really match the trailers as well, which they never do. But I mean, it wasn't as yeah, it's fun like, did as they the ever trailer. see a David Ayer's movie. Yeah, yeah, they're not <laughs> cheery things. And to watch, yeah, it's not spoilers, Both the cops die. You know. <laughs> oh, I loved Fury. Uh, that, I think that's the only one of his I've seen straight through. But that was he wrote was training bleak. too, and that was. And not a happy tale about cops either. 
Well, it could be worse. It could be Josh Trank directing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think we'll have to worry about seeing him. I don't think you're going to have to worry about him directing anything ever again. (laughs) You're lucky directing traffic. Talk about burning all of your bridges. You know what, though? I almost feel bad for the guy because it's clear that he he had a vision and he also got stomped on by what was going on. But it's like, you know what? If you want to stay in the industry, sometimes you just got to bite your tongue, man. Well, and and it's it's kind of a bad trend of i mean they you know these these big studios find these up and coming indie directors that are doing great shit you know he made chronicle which is a great little movie yeah i loved yeah. chronicle and they yeah, think just too. because they dumped 250 million dollars in his lap that they he can do that times 250 million dollars and it doesn't always work out that way because he still wants to make his heartfelt indie flick but they need something else you know so and it's kind of the same thing with uh, Garth Garth Edwards, maybe, and Godzilla. Gareth. I mean, Gareth Edwards, yeah. I mean, uh, he, Rogue One looks great. It I does. Think it looks great too. There were still apparently some issues and some some studio tampering with that one. Although what I just read recently is that it's it sounds like good tampering that they brought in. It's all. It, it, if you're doing it after filming ends, it's usually just the normal pickup stuff that you do, like yeah. every movie has. If they're saying we needed to go back and rewrite a chunk of it. That's different. If they're yeah. doing pickup stuff like they do for everything or, you know, inserts, that always happens. Well, the guy they brought in for Rogue One, I guess, is somebody that he also worked in on, on Godzilla to bring in near the end and doctor it up a bit. So they've worked together, and apparently they're it's amiable and or amicable, whatever the word is. And uh, Both work. Yeah, sure. It's, it's <laughs> also Star Wars. There's no way that Disney is not going to have a strong hand in that. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why people are complaining too much about it. It's the same thing with the Marvel movies. Uh, if you if Marvel's courting you to direct their movie, yeah. they've already had people that have said no because they knew that there is going to be a level of corporate consistency that Marvel wants. So you either have to say, all right, I'm willing to do that and tell the story I want to tell. Or you don't do it. I, I think the, the the first round of like Marvel directors and James Gunn like got the cherry jobs because they didn't have. I don't think they're like go make this movie. Let's hope the fuck it works, you know, and do it your way. And that's why we had Joe Johnson on the first Captain America, you know, and we had uh, what's his name, Mister Shakespeare, there on on the first. Kenneth Brana, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I mean, they could have they could afford to do those things, you know. On a chance, on on a whim, on the first you know one, and James Gunn apparently they gave lots of freedom to, and he he came back with a huge win for him. So I'm sure he's less pressure on that one. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> so back to the podcast at hand, though we should probably wrap now, this you up. Know, it... <laughs> no, go ahead, Brian. Well, you know the thing is the the yeah the last point I wanted to make was you know the what we're talking about with with Star Wars and with the Disney. And all that. If you look at the Flash TV series, and Kevin Smith directed you know, an episode this season, yeah, it was it was like that. You know, basically all he had to do was go in there and say, "Okay, start, cut. Let's try to yeah. get like this." Yeah, the formula was set. He, yeah. The formula was set, and it's the same thing with Star Wars. It's the same thing with the Marvel movies. They've got the formula. They know what 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 is going to work for them, and they just need someone competent enough to make sure that that it goes that way instead of sitting there trying to take their own take yeah. on the material. But and that's even still, what they with still Josh let Trank. a little bit of that poke through. I, I mean, you look at what what Branna did with Thor, and the biggest sin that the Marvel movies have done yeah. to me is they didn't hire him back. Yeah, for Thor two, uh, yes. that's the only disappointing Marvel movie to me. 
but I mean the canted angles and his direction on that was it was pretty comic booky. Yeah, he got and yet, it, and yet Shakespearean, and but it was Shakespearean. Yeah, and that's what Thor needed to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, and they let James Gunn do his thing, and they let him put a little bit of himself in. I'm sure. Uh, was it uh, Kugler is going to put his own stamp on Black Panther? And oh yeah, I loved I loved Creed. I expected nothing from that, and I loved it. So I can't wait to see what he does with the character that he that he loves. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they leave that one right the hell alone on him. I mean, I've... now did James Gunn direct Super? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. his. That's his baby. Yeah. He wrote it. Right. Yeah, wrote and directed that one. You know, I'm glad I didn't know that before seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it's a very different movie. Oh yeah. Oh, so disturbing. Yeah, I'm not sure how you even get that job from Super. It's like, yeah, let's do a lighthearted hero film. You directed he did Slither. what? Yeah, yeah. And Slither that... had action and comedy and weirdness yeah, all together. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, if you can work for Trauma. You know, yeah. you can pretty much do anything. That teaches you how to shoot. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. those are the guys that you do give the budgets to and say, all right, you got a little bit more money. Um, what camera setups would you really want to do now? You can do them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because Troma is nothing if not prolific, and they, the, their filmmakers get a lot of freaking practice. <laughs> Troma's kind of the corpsman of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, with a lot more boobs and, and boobies. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as ooing a booby. Yeah, everyone likes boobies. I think that was our son commenting. <laughs> oh, I yeah. like them so much, I grew my own. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Intentionally got this large, so I had something to play with when I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's the word I'm looking for? You? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I like taking trips to Narnia. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, this sounds like an interesting story. <laughs> it goes back to the TV show Friends. Is Narnia a euphemism? I missed that one. I was not a huge friend. I didn't watch fan. Friends. <laughs> uh, there, the, basically, it was revealed that one of the characters, Matthew Perry's character, had a third nipple. Okay. <laughs> and so David Schwartz, Ross's character, is asking him, so does it do anything special? And he's like, why, yes, Ross. Twisting my nipple opens the gateway to the magical land of Narnia. <laughs> nice. Okay. And so <laughs> years later, uh, when uh, actually when, when Beth uh, had Christopher, we had several weeks there of days and nights up, you know, feedings and everything. And so we watched all ten seasons of Friends. Oh, good Lord, and you're still sane? <laughs> And a couple of years after that, we're at the movie theater, we're watching trailers, and they show a trailer for Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I said, oh, my God, Chandler's nipple opens that gate. You know? <laughs> so this out loud in public? <laughs> well, it was in the movie theater, and there weren't that many people there. But it had us laughing for several minutes. I think we missed the trailer, the rest of the trailer, just because of that. Oh yeah, it was, we did. it was one of those things. That it's like you know, you think of Narnia, you think of nipples. Now you know, it's. I'm not going to be able to think and separate the two now. I thought you liked that. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the first season of Preacher, and um, we'll be back next year doing this again, assuming my computer holds out and I can still edit stuff. 
And, yeah, and the, and the whole country doesn't blow up in a methane explosion. Yeah, or, you know, well, you know, both of our potential presidents will, are full of methane. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it yep. could happen. Oh, gosh. Here's a match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, yeah, so also Weekly Heroics, um, weeklyheroics at yahoo.com, which I didn't check our email this week. Um, let me do that real quick. Light him up, 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 light him up, up, up. He's on fire! Okay, I, I, I can tell you something that happened earlier <laughs> today. Uh, I told Scott about this. Uh, I guess, Yeah, I guess you guys heard it. Uh, Beth and our son both got a really bad sunburn a couple yeah. days ago. And so uh, it started hitting Christopher really bad in what they call the hell's itch. Uh, a couple, about an hour before we were supposed to go on the show here. And so I immediately pull out my phone and I Google, you know, the bad sunburn itch. And um, one of the, uh, the, the, the links that it gave was not about sunburn inch, but about a fisting inch and what to do about mm. that. And oh. it, made me, it made me think, of course, of Preacher <laughs> yeah. and that, that little double thing. There. And I'm like, how does this happen when you Google sunburn itch? <laughs> <sighs> Who knows? <clears throat> yeah, that, that's a really, really unfortunate name. <laughs> uh, that's what I think about the town. <laughs> but uh, you, you, That's what made me sing that song. Oh, my... Have you not heard that song? I don't think so. Light him up. Light him up, up, up. Light him up, up, up. He's on fire. Y'all haven't heard that one? No. Oh, my gosh. My musical knowledge kind of ends at, like, 92. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about 2005 myself. Yeah, I'm pretty sad as far as keeping up on the, the stuff the kids listen to nowadays. I know a couple things because I have a a teenage niece, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty good song, and it makes me think of the town. All right. But very, very soon after this podcast, hopefully not too long, you're going to be starting to see the the real Weekly Heroics come out, um, which is going to consist of us doing like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode and then a Flash or Arrow episode, and we're going to get into some other stuff, too. Um, We should track down Mantis. Mantis? I'm I'm for Mantis, sure. I'm down for Mantis. Um, Kyle Lumley's the man. (laughs) Nightman. God, I actually forgot it. Oh, oh maybe not Nightman. <laughs> how about how about Reb Brown's Captain America movies? Yes, I think uh, there's already been enough uh, digital lip service paid to. Or, or to Nicholas Hammond Spider Man. Yeah, I would re-review. I think anything, anything I, on TV is is fair game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the I did like the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man stuff. You know, I loved Cap- I loved the Reb Brown Captain America when I was a kid because it was the only goddamn Captain America I was ever going to see on TV, as far as I knew. So it's like, yeah, so he's you know, motorcycle helmet is the mask that works for me, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, there's worse ways to do it. So. Yeah, 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 like <laughs> yeah, plastic, like the movie, <laughs> plastic ears. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They got the costume right in that one, though. And man. an Italian yeah. red skull. Yeah, that was nice. I'm actually okay with Italian fascist red skull instead of Nazi red skull. I, you know, if you're going to make a swerve, that's one that I can live with. And that's Scott Pollan, man. He's an awesome actor. <laughs> that was just a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So right, is yeah. anybody up for a sausage party? 
Oh, I don't know. I hear that's... My whole life's a sausage party. I don't... Mine is currently. Uh, shit. Yeah, I figure I will be watching that. I'll probably wait till it's on Netflix or Redbox it. I guess they've been... Uh, they accidentally showed that trailer, like, in Finding Dory or something for a while. And... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, oh, animated film, animated film. Yeah, we can show this here. Yeah, well... <laughs> I didn't see it with Dory, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did, remember. I did see it uh, very recently. Years ago, um, I w- when I was at work, I was at lunch, and I was talking with a coworker about movies and stuff. And they were talking about how they watched something over the weekend, and then they got another movie for their kids. And I said, "Well, what did, what did you have them watch?" I said, "It was a Star Wars kind of movie, uh, Starship Troopers." Oh no! Oh dear! And, I, I, and I'm like, "How old are your kids?" Uh, six and eight. Oh no! You're gonna learn a lot about human anatomy in that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the kids loved it too. This is what they said. The I kids still love it. <laughs> oh, I do too. And that's that's the movie I break in every new TV and Blu-ray player with. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's a, I love. Man, do I love that movie? Nothing like the Highline book, but my God, is it a good movie? Uh, it's a Verhoeven that is most Verhoevenist. Yeah, so It'll same right as his RoboCop. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah. But it's you just... should have seen the look that that was the I'd never seen someone go so pale sick is when I explained to him what that movie really was. <laughs> yeah, it's Betty and Veronica and Archie and Jughead in space with boobies. Yeah. <laughs> Big ass and dismemberment and some good and dismemberments movies. in that. Yeah, there was trails some good effects and, in that. Yeah. Yes. And Rue McClanahan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Michael Ironside. I'll watch him in anything. Yeah, and he should oh. just be in everything. You know, it should just write a part for him in every movie ever made. He is the best Dark Side ever. And, yeah. and I was going to say he should be playing Dark Side. He absolutely Whenever they the get voice. to him in the Justice League. That would be nice, yeah. The episode where <laughs> where Superman goes to Apocalypse on Superman the Animated Series, and he beats the bag out of him, and he's just, you don't understand. I'm God. And it's like, Superman wins, but didn't really win. Yeah. Such a good episode. Oh, but God man. is missing. God is missing. missing. And Jesse's going to find him. Yeah, so that's... Uh, man, I'm so psyched for, for you guys that don't know where it's going. Um, it's it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, I don't know what to do with myself for August and September. None of my shows come back until October now. Yeah, well, no, I still got to... We got Fear the Walking Dead here soon, but... Um, I got to get that Game of Thrones podcast out, because it's been months now. <laughs> yeah, I love that where long. Game of Thrones is so going... Fun. But we only got a couple more seasons, and then it ends. Yeah, that's fine. Don't drag it out too long. No, no and they moved a lot of pieces in the last season, so uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's moving around a lot. Then there's two seasons left, and then it's done. Except that HBO is not talking about. Oh, we might do some kind of spinoff show because money. <laughs> it's like where are you going to spin I, off from? I, I will that? probably watch whatever spinoff they do. I am just. I just want to see what happens with. Yeah, you know. I mean, all they can do is like prequel shit. I would think, you know, they're gonna. There've been talks about doing like Robert's Rebellion and shit, and I'm just kind of like, who cares, you know? I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that past is prologue for the yeah, show. I'm not a big fan of the whole prequel thing in general, but. unless it's Rogue One, which I'm super stoked for. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's a, that's the exception. I'm, I'm Forrest just... Whitaker's lazy eyes a part of Star Wars now. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's always Donnie Yen. I guess he's playing a Clone Wars character, so they're tying that in, too. I still think that's all going to kind of collapse on him eventually. I don't think so. I... I think it's more internally consistent than what the Expanded Universe books did after a certain point. That's why I stopped reading them. The, the well, center it, just couldn't hold on that. It's it back too in, much. Thrawn's back in canon. So. Yeah. I He's back in canon, it. but it's not going to be the same exact Thrawn that was yeah. in Heir to the Empire. Yeah, and that's why it's starting to feel kind of like fan wankery. That's like, oh, here's yeah, that, that But that's the, the Rebel show is where to do it. Yeah. I'm fine with that because probably nothing will come about. They probably won't use him at all for anything post-Jedi. It'll, he'll be used on Rebels, and that's the perfect place for him. I don't know. If they don't end that show with, like, everybody's dead, I, I don't see how it it works. That, that's how it's supposed to end. Yeah. Just a um, field of... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've Kanan heard rumors and, about, and like... Ezra definitely have to be dead. I've heard rumors that, like, Ezra might become Snoke or something, but, God, I hope not. <laughs> just... Well, you know, he is going to start dealing with Darth Maul this season. Yeah. So you never know. If they do that swerve and they have him be a... If Snoke is a a previous Expanded Universe character, I would actually commend that. I, w- I would rather that Snoke turned out to be Darth Plagueis. That would be cool, but, too. But the thing is, is that... And, and I, this is a podcast all in, and, in and of itself. What we found out, though, is that... Like, Kylo Ren is not not trying to become a Sith Lord. He's got his own order yeah. in the Knights of Ren. That's their own, like, it's its own discipline of the dark side. It's just not Sith. Yeah, they've kind of discarded so, the whole... So Snoke is probably not Sith. He's got, you know, got his own discipline. As And it, it that totally substantiates why Rey is able to do the things that she does. Because it's all instinct. It, it doesn't require training. If you follow the instincts, yeah, yeah, which gels with uh, a new hope. I mean, Luke, Luke had literally like an hour worth of training, you know, and then he blew up the Death Star. Yeah, before. so if <laughs> yeah, you're going to complain so... about Ray being able to fight an injured Jedi Knight <laughs> and yeah. barely survive, no, that was the best part of Force Awakens in my mind. Oh, it's, when that yeah. Twin Suns music kicked in and she grabs the, li- I was welling up inside. With yeah, that. no, just just her in general and how they showed her using the powers because there was always a moment of her not being able to grasp onto it and then she would like close her eyes and still herself and, you know, feel the force flow and then she was a badass. So, I mean, that's exactly how Jedi were to me from the original trilogy. You know? Yeah, but if, if Kylo Ren didn't have a gaping wound in his side and he wasn't all emotional, then I think if that was just the two of them meeting on that gantry instead of him and Han Solo, I think things would have went a little differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he had been shot. He'd been way damaged. He just killed yeah. his dad. Yeah, so he was, he was having the feels. Kind of a, yeah, big day. <laughs> yeah. Sort of a big day, yeah. Kind of a very big bad day. Yeah. Oh, well, man. guys, <laughs> my it. blood sugar's starting to creep down really bad. Well, we can't have that then. Go, yeah. you know, get yourself fed then, man. Uh, they got the real Dr. Pepper down there in the south. That's what I need to get. I need the real Dr. Pepper with the sugar in it. They have real beer, too. Yeah, real beer. Oh, I'm no stranger to real beer. Yeah, what do you think? You guys got the monopoly on beer in Texas? Come on. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I'm not one of those Bostonians that drink Sam Adams because that stuff is crap. 
I like we had a pen. we had a movie about getting beer out of Texas. It's called Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. Texas is where the beer is. I don't know. I don't know. We're in a big craft beer, you know, renaissance up here in New York. So what's well, going on? Pump down the street. I'm not. I, I'm I not that cool us. enough for the craft beers. That's it's like. If I'm buying cheap beer, I'm drinking Miller High Life, and if I want to go upscale, I'll get myself a Guinness or a Bass. Uh, some 1990s hangover flashbacks. Hey, man, it's, it's not the champagne for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Try a nice cold Rolling Rock. You just have some really good TV commercials. I actually, I, Rolling Rock's fine with me, too. Yes. Really, really enjoy that. This episode brought to you by Rolling Rock, Old Latrobe. Okay. Anyway. Samples, samples please. Thank you, guys. Have a uh, good night, gentlemen. Do kind of a wrap-up. Beth and Brian Hughes, thank you for joining us for this uh, finale of Preacher Recap. And uh, obviously, love to have you back next season. Uh, oh, yeah. Glad you guys are enjoying it. And it's we've hit the road with uh, Jesse Tulip and Cassidy, and it's going to be a wild ride in season two. There you go. You can end the episode with uh, On the Road Again from Willie Nelson. On the road again. On the road again. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love that they ended it with uh, Let It Bleed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, so I think I'm going to feed that one in there. So. All right, folks, again, Weekly Heroics, uh, the proper show will be coming out soon, so stay tuned. Two True Freaks, use that Amazon link and all that good stuff. And bye now. Adios. Amen. Adios. Hallelujah. Vaya con Dios. Every now and then, I like touching Brian's nipple. Well, we all need-